What's up, everybody? What is going on? I just saw one of the worst pay-per-view finishes of all freaking time. Not just for 2019, not just for the month of October, but of all freaking time. WWE had one job. Give us a good main event, give us an eventful main event, and give us a main event that ultimately put over Bray Wyatt, a.k.a. The Fiend. And all right, maybe maybe that was more than one job, but it was all encompassed in one job to make Bray Wyatt a star, to take him to the next level. And they failed beyond incredible belief. And not only did WWE fail in making Bray Wyatt, WWE further plunged Seth Rollins' dwindling top guy credibility straight to mother effing hell. What's up, everybody? My name is Fred Ricciani. This is TSC. We recap pro wrestling news, updates, reviews. We also do interviews and everything in between. If you're new here, please consider subscribing. I've been prepared to do this live stream for a while now, but I'm utterly speechless. I was taking some notes, keeping a keen eye on Hell in a Cell. I thought it was a pay-per-view that could low-key surprise everybody, even though going into it, we had only four scheduled matches going in. But I said, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, given the fact that this has been a relatively eventful week in WWE with SmackDown on Fox, with a great NXT show, with a a really strong AEW card, with the competition flourishing, I thought, man, WWE's going to surprise us tonight. And at the beginning, it was all good. Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks didn't agree with the finish, but that was a great match. Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan against Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. Excellent freaking match. Corbin and Gable, pretty good match. Those guys have good chemistry. I really like the uh, Randy Orton and Ali match, which is random and impromptu, but good stuff for the time being. I mean, there was some really good stuff here. And then we get to the main event, which quickly became the lame event. And I guess we should start there because this is probably the only match you really care about or most people care about that are watching and listening to this right now. Bray Wyatt the Fiend versus Seth freaking Rollins. Now, It's ironic that this is hell in a cell because this historically has been the pay-per-view and the match where they have absolutely killed guys that have had momentum that shouldn't be beaten at a certain time. Ryback back in hell in a cell 2012 was undefeated, got over huge, and for whatever reason they decided, hey, CM Punk should go over, killed his momentum, never the same ever again. Yeah, that was pretty damn rough. And here we are. Hell in a Cell, Bray Wyatt. Just last year, we had a no contest where Braun Strowman was ready to finally win the Universal title and Brock Lesnar killed Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman, rendering it a no contest and rendering Braun winless in world title matches. So fast forward a year later, it's Bray Wyatt, the mentor of Braun Strowman, taking on Seth Rollins. He's been relatively protected. He sent Finn Balor back to NXT. He's been looking good. Vignettes are great. The one on Friday was a little bit cringe and a little too long, in my humble opinion, but whatever. Absolutely dominating Seth Rollins. So we get to this match. Bray is just destroying him. Eventually, Rollins uh, get, gets some offense, hits a curb stomp, Bray kicks out at one. Another curb stomp, Bray kicks out at one. Hit a pedigree, Bray kicks out at like one or two. Point is, Bray kept kicking out of everything but the kitchen sink. Hell, he even kicked out of the kitchen sink, or at least something that resembled the kitchen sink. Rollins had ladders. He had a toolbox. He frog-splashed Bray uh, through a a table. Bray kept kicking out and kicking out 
and kicking out and kicking out. And, and, and it just was nonstop. Just, just, to, just total non, nonstop. Bray was dominant. And even when he wasn't dominant, he was kicking out of everything. And I thought, okay, I like the story of this match. They're protecting Bray. They're making him look like an absolute beast. What could possibly go wrong? Well, first things first, the entire cell and arena was lit red. So aesthetically, it didn't look all that great. And it was kind of hard to see. And I would imagine if people are hard of seeing, maybe even colorblind, uh, not the most aesthetically pleasing matchup, especially with already a red cell. Probably hard for the wrestlers too that are in the ring, but whatever. They were making it work. The crowd was behind the fiend, even though I know he's supposed to be the heel. They were behind him. They were ready for some change. And then Seth hit a curb stomp and another curb stomp and another curb stomp. To, and, it, and it got to the point where it was just complete BS. And my dad's texting me and he's like, this is ridiculous. And he gave me a call and he's like, this is ridiculous. And I'm like, yeah, it is. And we're just openly laughing because he, he hits Bray with the steel chair while Bray's on the ground. And, and, and I think he actually hit the mat. He didn't actually hit his head or else that would have been really bad. Maybe he accidentally did. Bray kicks out. Hits Bray with the ladder and then hits a steel chair and the ladder. Bray kicks out. Hits the toolbox all over Bray. Bray kicks out. Hit a pedigree. Bray kicks out. Curb stomps. Bray keeps getting back up. And it got to the point where the crowd is booing the baby face because it's just, they want to see it go home. They want to see the match end. It got way too long. 10 minutes of back and forth where Bray kicks out of a few moves and Seth acts scared, cool. Hit the Sister Abigail, get out of there. But no, Seth kicked out of the Sister Abigail. So then, finally, we get to the end of the match. And this was just dragging on and on. I mean, I I, I don't know how long this match went, but it went too freaking long. Seth gets a sledgehammer. The referee's like, Seth, think about who you are. Think about what you've done. You know, you, you can't do this. Like pleading with Seth. Seth goes... Uh, and, he, and it looks like Seth's like crying. That's what you need. A, a crying top baby face because Steve Austin cried when he feuded with the undertaker and Kane, huh? The rock cried when he feuded with the undertaker and Kane, right? So Seth hits Bray with the sledgehammer that finally got somewhat of a baby face pop for him. And then the referee calls for the bell and it is a Disqualification. Not a TKO, which would make sense in a match that is no disqualification. That's inside hell in a cell, which is historically anything goes. But a disqualification. Now a no, con- now um, uh, what should I say? A, a TKO, referee stoppage. That that would have really hurt Bray. But a disqualification. Inside Hell in a Cell. If this wasn't inside Hell in a Cell, this would still be an awful finish for a pay-per-view main event. The fact that Bray, even though he kicked out for a long time, was on his back for what seemed like a good 10 minutes, an eternity, that was bad. The DQ finish was the crap cherry on top of this crap Sunday. And after that, they're trying to stretcher Bray. And Bray locks in the mandible claw on Seth, goes crazy, pulls the black mats out, Beats him up on the outside. Crowd is booing. I don't know what else the crowd was was chanting, but I know one of the chants was AEW. If anybody knows what the other chant is, please comment in the live stream. I'll, I'll point it out and shout you out. But Lox, and, and then just when I thought it couldn't get any worse, 
He locks in the mandible claw. Presumably fake blood is leaking out of Seth Rollins' mouth. Bray removes the mandible claw, and it looks like Seth's tongue is cut off or something. And he's like, ah, ah, ah. And there's like blood all over the place. And, and my dad and I are just like, what the F is this? I'm trying really hard not to curse right now. I don't want to be YouTube friendly here, but my God. And at the end of the night, they negated all these months, all this money, all this time, of hard, all this hard work by WWE, by the creative department, by creative services, by Bray Wyatt himself, Wyndham Rotunda. They negated all of that hard work they put into building up The Fiend in one night because they can't beat Seth Rollins' geeky ass in 2019. And on top of that, they further made Seth Rollins look like a bitch. To quote Marcellus Wallace. Oh my goodness. And, and, and I'm just looking in disbelief, knowing I have to recap this show. And I got, I got nothing. And, and a few days ago, Daddy B tweeted a poll. They, they, they said, how will the Seth Rollins-Bray Wyatt match end? And it said, pinfall, submission, and underneath it said, disqualification. Now, I pointed this out. Uh, Brian Alvarez was kind enough to bring this to my attention as well. Uh, restart the match with the other chance. Thank you, Jeremy Bowers. And, and scourge of uh, of Memphis. Yeah, yeah. So I called it out. I screenshot the the actual tweet. I posted it on our Sports Courier Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Sports Courier. And I'm not going to name the person who commented here because he's a nice guy and it's nothing against him because he didn't book this crap. But a WWE employee actually commented and said, hey, well, technically Hell in a Cell ended at a DQ last year. Technically a no contest, but whatever, semantics. Um, so that's why they put it on the poll option. And I'm like, yeah, but it would be really bad to have this, you know, this year as well. And he goes, yeah, they just put it there to, uh, you know, give you the, the idea that anything can happen in DDP. And I said, okay, that's fair. Not thinking that, you know what, they may be bad enough, dumb enough, stupid enough, illogical enough to book a non-finish and a Hell in a Cell match on the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view in the main event slot for the second straight year. They've killed their titles. They killed Kofi Kingston. And look, Kofi Kingston, the inconvenient truth is this. He's an incredibly likable guy. He's a top guy with a new day, uh, but he didn't have top guy matches. And yeah, you can make the argument he wasn't a, a great champion, bell to bell and all that jazz. He, he, whatever. He still shouldn't have been squashed in eight seconds. You still shouldn't have made your title a joke on SmackDown by having Brock just kill him. Shortest DDB title change in history. Um, complete afterthought. Negating all the hard work you put into uh, building him up this whole year. Uh, made him look like a complete dork. Brock didn't even look that great because he beat a guy that was booked as a job guy. And, and, and I thought, okay, you know what? They can't do a complete squash at Hell in a Cell. It's got to go a little long. But Bray ultimately has to win. And he doesn't win. Now, if I knew this was going to be the finish, I would have rather had Seth just beat him. Or I would have rather had the referee call for a TKO. I mean, you're signing all these MMA fighters. You're signing Tyson Fury, apparently. But you can't even call a TKO. A TKO would make more sense. Yeah, it would have hurt Bray. 
but at least it would have been pinned or submitted, and you would have had somewhat of a legit finish. But no, you have to do the stupid D-level horror movie BS and send the crowd home angry as hell. My God. Just absolutely terrible. Just absolutely terrible. Oh, my God. All right, well, let's, let's recap this show then. Let's start from the top because I, I, I got nothing here. I got nothing here. Vincent Man is so dumb, and he is so lucky. He is the luckiest dumb man alive. Do you understand that? He he is so lucky. He's a smart man, too. I give him credit. He got the big TV deals and everything else, but he is an example of people that fail upwards, and I, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. I don't, know, I don't know what else to say. He's lucky he had Steve Austin on the rock at the same time. I'll, I'll leave it at that. What a, what a damn goof. On the pre-show, Natalia beat Lacey Evans. And on Raw tomorrow night, they're going to be having Natalia versus Lacey Evans in a last woman standing match. Cool. We opened the show with a great Hell in a Cell match between Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks. A lot of action here. Uh, Meteora threw a table. Kendo stick spots. Steel chairs. Drop kicks into steel chairs. Flying drop kick by Becky Lynch. Both of them threw caution to the wind and just absolutely demolished each other. At the end, Becky got the win with the disarmor. I didn't think this made much sense because Sasha Banks just came back. Becky's held the title since Mania. Why not give Sasha Banks a run? I know Becky's one of the golden children, and she's on the cover of WWE 2K, but it made no sense for Sasha to lose here. I don't want to complain too much about this because the draft is coming up this Friday, but uh, not not feeling this one. Definitely not feeling this uh, this finish, but great great match overall. Uh, but I don't trust Deddy B when it comes to handling Sasha Banks. She's a supreme talent. Becky is too. But in my opinion, uh, Sasha Banks has been one of the criminally underrated workers of the last five, six years, male or female in any promotion. One of the best in the world. And at some point, I'd like to see her get her due. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm in the minority here. But that's what I'd like to see. What I really enjoyed seeing was Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns having a badass tornado tag team match against Eric Rowan and Luke Harper. Couple minor complaints here. I think these guys took some insane bumps. And, you know, great match. But this ain't the main event of WrestleMania. And, my God, like, Brian's back was all, like, knotted up and red on the side. Roman Reigns hit a spear and Eric Rowan threw a table and looked like he hurt his knee. Maybe Brian and Reigns were just selling when they won this match. By the way, Roman Reigns won with the spear. Uh, and both guys were noticeably limping and, and slow to, wa- to walk up. Whether they were selling or not, Kudos to them for selling something because, wow, it's been a while since I've seen that level of selling, and they really made Rowan and Harper look like a threat in this match. But the bumps were a little crazy, and also, for the love of God, and this ain't a complaint against the wrestlers themselves, but WWE and Voices of Wrestling tweeted this out. Shout out to them for point for also uh, making this point. Can we just go like one week without a table spot? Nobody thrown into a table. Nobody going through a table. Nobody tipping over a table. Nothing. I mean, seriously, just one week, just one week for real. Oh man, less is more sometimes, but this was a great match. After the match, Roman Reigns offered his hand to Brian. Brian rejected it, wanted a hug. They hugged, they shook hands and believe it or not, there was no BS. There's no tomfoolery. There's no nothing, no heel turn. Both guys just respected each other and left on their own power. 
which I like. Make Brian somewhat of a serious competitor, but you know, have him kind of walk the line a little bit because he's one of the few guys that can do it well. And keep Roman Reigns as your tough, badass guy. It still makes no sense why Rowan randomly want to kill Roman Reigns with the car accident and the tipping over the forklift and all that other crap. But you know what? All these guys have elevated their game. All these guys have been doing their thing. They were all great tonight. And you know what? I like the fact that you actually have two competitors that just respect each other and have a friendly, competitive rivalry. You don't see Tom Brady and you didn't see Tom Brady and Peyton Manning trying to kill each other. Like it was competitive, but you know they they respected each other. I, I like this. It's a nice breath of fresh air. Dare I say, it feels more like a sport. What a novel concept. We had Randy Orton versus Ali. I think I like this match more than most people, but Randy Orton ended up getting the win when Ali tried to go for a flip into another face buster. Orton caught him with an RKO. A lot of near falls here. Crowd got hot at the end, but it seemed like they definitely weren't buying Ali as a serious threat. At some point, my guy Ali... My Arab brother from another mother. At some point, the dude has to get that signature win. I don't know when he's going to get it, but at some point, I would love to see him get it because he is talented. He's got good mic skills. He's filmed his own vignettes before, which I strongly recommend you guys checking out on his Twitter feed. He he gets it, and he's a great role model and, and just somebody that really connects with the crowd. Now, some people have said maybe you should turn him heel. I don't know. I think when you got somebody that likable, got that genuine, somebody that's a positive role model, especially for the Middle Eastern community, which we haven't had in pro wrestling, uh, I, I think you should strap a rocket and push him to the moon. But, you know, it, it is WWE, and historically it's been hard for people like Ali. But uh, I hope he succeeds. He's certainly got the talent. After the match, Randy Orton pounded his chest, nodded to give him a, as a sign of respect. I would have liked to have seen Ali get the win here, but... If these two are to rematch down the road, it wouldn't make sense to build up the match prior to Ali finally getting that signature win. Hopefully he does. He's, 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 a, great, he's a great talent, by all accounts, a, a great guy. Okay, so after that, we had the Kabuki Warriors, uh, Asuka and Kairi Sane, defeat Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross to win the SmackDown, or excuse me, the WWE Women's Tag Team titles, which at the moment can be defended on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Asuka got the win by Green Mist, of all things. Green Mist, NCIs of Nikki Cross, kicked to the head, won the titles. Pretty good match. I thought it went a little too long. But finally, since the Boston Hug connection, we have a team that's going to be really strong when it comes to entering work. Not that Alexa Bliss is bad. Not that Nikki Cross isn't freaking awesome. But I just think, I mean, Asuka and especially Kyrie Sane, I feel like are on another level than, than most of the women on the roster. So I am happy about this. They uh, recapped the Tyson Fury, Braun Strowman stuff from SmackDown. And then we had another weird finish here. Braun Strowman and the Viking Raiders defeated the OC, AJ Styles, and Gallows and Anderson by disqualification. And after the match, the Viking Raiders had a double suicide dive on Gallows and Anderson. And Styles got knocked out by Strowman. Okay. If Styles is going to get knocked out, if these guys are going to get taken out, why don't you just have them lose? Why don't you just have them lose? That made zero sense. By the way, Rude and Ziggler, the Raw Tag Team Champions, nowhere to be found. And SmackDown Tag Team Champions, nowhere to be found as well. Chad Gable, Gable beat King Corbin. Once again, these guys have great chemistry. only thing I didn't like was that it went a little too long and what happened afterwards. Gable rolled up Corbin for the win. 
Greg Hamilton announced him as Shorty Gable, which was kind of lame, but that's what Corbin decreed him as. And uh, then later in the in the night, we had Gable cut a promo backstage dissing Baron Corbin, and Corbin beat the hell out of him, completely negating that win. Because these guys can't help themselves. Either protect Corbin or protect Gable. Don't do this 50-50 stuff, especially now with Fox. You need stars. And the only stars you have now are Brock Lesnar, who barely wrestles. Kane, who may only wrestle once. Tyson Fury, who may only wrestle once. Ronda, who may never come back. I mean, who else? I guess Roman Reigns, the full-timer, but he's not at, you know, at that level. The Rock, who's barely there. You know, yeah, you have very few stars. I mean, I guess Roman Reigns is your full-timer. He's your biggest full-time star. You know, and Brian to a lesser extent. Uh, bothering that, I mean, come on. Either make Chad Gable or push Corbin. And look, I'm not a big Corbin fan, but he has stepped up to the plate. And if you're going to make him king of the ring, protect him and push him. That's the thing. They do this half-ass thing all the time. Even with Kofi. They pushed Kofi and protected him for all these months just to kill him at the end. So stupid. Why should I get invested in anything if you're just going to ruin it at the end? Why? Why? I mean, uh, man. I don't know, man. Ugh. Whatever. I, 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 I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. It's, 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 like my, it's like my buddy Ray swiping right and getting to know a hot chick online, and then they hang out at Applebee's, and she looks like Mr. Bean. I don't know. Bad analogy, but I don't know. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You know, this is, this is like if you relived the Patriots-Rams Super Bowl that we all got excited for, thought it was going to be an offensive melee, and ended up being 10-3. to And the Rams couldn't even muster seven points, or more than seven points, to beat the Patriots. But it's like that over and over again in WWE. Ugh. Charlotte Flair beat Bailey to win the SmackDown Women's Championship. She submitted her with a figure eight. Uh, she's now a 10-time champion. I thought it was way too soon for Bailey to lose. Uh, I also thought this match was lacking. And I don't know what it is. Maybe the crowd's just tired of Charlotte. Uh, maybe, you, you know, they just, they've just had rough chemistry lately. I kind of recall that being the case with Kevin Owens and AJ Styles. They, they, they looked like they would have great matches. And the matches were just kind of there at times. And, yeah, I don't know. I, I wasn't really feeling this match. And then at the end, we had Universal Champion Bray Wyatt. Versus The Fiend, Seth Rollins versus The Fiend. I can't talk anymore. Go into a disqualification. So overall, Hell in a Cell gets an absolutely, positively, thumbs freaking down. Thumbs down. Thumbs down, kids. So let's get to some of the questions here. We're also going to go over some uh, more news. Let me just catch my breath for a second and drink this water if you don't mind me. My God. Okay. Okay. Have you heard rumors about Crown Jewel? Yes. Dave Meltzer's reporting that Cain Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar for a WWE title at Crown Jewel is practically a done deal. That is pretty huge. Kind Kind of disappointing. It's on Halloween. I believe Halloween takes place on, yeah, it takes place on a Thursday. So it's going to be Kane versus Brock on a Thursday afternoon in Saudi Arabia. But if you know anything about these Arab countries, man, these people in power, they love their combat sports. They love their pro wrestling. They love their boxing. They love their MMA. That's why they're paying big money to WWE. 
That's why they're paying big money to Kane, and that's why they're paying big money for Anthony Joshua to rematch Andy Ruiz in December. So, uh, yeah. Look, I, I don't know what to expect in that match. Kane was rocking a knee brace. Apparently, he needs knee surgery. I have a feeling the match is going to be short and sweet. I wouldn't beat Kane. I'm assuming they have some type of agreement. If it's a long-term agreement, I would have Kane win. Why not? The Universal title, or I'm sorry, the WWE title is barely going to be defended anyway with Brock Lesnar. Might as well have Kane beat him, and you could have Brock beat him at Royal Rumble or WrestleMania or whatever. I mean, might might as well, right? I don't know. Uh, but at least it's interesting. Um, Tyson Fury versus Braun Strowman also rumored for Crown Jewel. That also seems kind of weird. But at the same time, it would give Tyson Fury a chance to recover. God forbid he does get hurt at all in a uh, wrestling match because he is scheduled to fight Deontay Wilder, I think, in February. But that all depends if Deontay Wilder wins in December. And that all depends on their medical suspensions excuse me, and the recovery. It should also be noted that Tyson Fury had a really bad cut against Olivelline, and his fight was almost stopped. Now, luckily for him, he survived. He got the win. Uh, but that's a cut that could take a long time to heal. And... Look, it's pro wrestling. Ish happens, and if he cuts, if he gets that cut again, yeah. I mean, those are like forty stitches. I, th- I think he needed. It was something crazy like that. It was amazing that the fight was even able to go on. But ESPN top rank have a lot of money invested in him. It's also gonna be interesting to see if Tyson Fury actually ends up doing a match because, well, I just mentioned it. ESPN and top rank have a lot of money invested in him. We'll see. Telvin Kapapa says, "I pray Bobby Lashley gets drafted to SmackDown." Hashtag push Lashley. Lashley's great, although I, I totally hate the Cuck Rusev storyline where he just made out Lana in front of uh, in front of Rusev. Rusev did nothing. Bad deal for all. Orlando Jr. says thumbs down for sure. Byron Brian Bentley says, "Where do you think Seth and Bray go from here?" Well, before the match, I, I just remembered that he- that not Hell in a Cell, sorry, uh, Survivor Series is coming up, and Survivor Series always has the Raw champion versus the SmackDown champion. Assuming that's Brock Lesnar or Kane, I, I guess you'd probably want Seth Rollins in there as opposed to Bray Wyatt in terms of a guy that can uh, get any one of them to have a good match. I, I guess I guess this doesn't bode well for Kane, but I could see Kane Velasquez losing to Brock, which would be stupid in the first match, but look at what they did tonight. And I could see them doing the trilogy of Seth versus Brock at Survivor Series where Brock finally gets the win over Seth. Which now thinking about it, that actually probably seems like the most likely thing that they'll do. Which is kind of lame. Which if that's the case, I wouldn't have Brock versus Kane in Saudi Arabia. I'd have... You know what I'd have? I'd have Kane and Rey Mysterio versus Brock and... I don't know who the hell would who the hell would be Brock's tag team partner. I'm trying to think who who would be Brock's tag team partner. I I can't even think right now. I don't I don't know. King Corbin, ugh, that'd be brutal. I mean, whatever you you do a t- you do a tag team match. Find some dork to team with Brock. Maybe Randy Orton. Well, Randy Orton's actually in that ten man tag with. They're also doing by the way Team Flair versus Team Hogan at Crown Jewel, a multi man match, a tag team match before Survivor Series. Uh, but I suppose, and Corbin is in that one along with Randy Orton. Whatever. Pick random heel X, put them with Brock Lesnar, have them wrestle Kane and, and Ray, do some stuff, and build up Kane versus Brock for Royal Rumble WrestleMania. That's what I would do. That way, Saudi Arabia still gets Kane, they still get Brock, and you still have something saved for down the road. That's what I would do. And you could still do the trilogy of Seth versus Brock at Survivor Series. Ugh. Although that'd be, I'm sure it would be a great match. 
And look, Seth as a wrestler is a hell of a wrestler, but they have booked this guy into the biggest dork and somebody you would not want to be seen at the club with. Becky Lynch, hell yeah. Seth Rollins, not so much. I don't think I'm going to be partying in Vegas with Seth Rollins. Okay, I don't even think I'm going to be playing Dungeons and Dragons with Seth Rollins. I don't even play Dungeons and Dragons. Ugh, my God. Anyway, Jeremy Bauer says, how about Brock and Cesaro versus Kane and Ray? I like that. I actually, I actually like that. Telvin Kapapa said, Vince isn't fully sold on the man. Uh, I totally disagree, brother. Um, Vi- Becky Lynch wouldn't be all up in the videos. Becky Lynch wouldn't be all up on Daddy B2K in the ring with The Rock and all these guys if she wasn't over with, with Vince McMahon. I, I think that narrative is definitely uh, dead at this point. Maybe to the detriment of the women's division because I think Sasha Banks should have won. Noe Lara says, worst pay-per-view of the year. I mean, there's been some bad pay-per-views, but I, I think you're right. I think you're right. This has to be the worst pay-per-view of the year. The Fiend character would rule NJPW for years. Yeah, he would because they would actually book him properly. Should they have restarted the match? Yes. Tell me, Papa says, I'm dropping my WWE network for AEW+. AEW+, by the way, is the service from Fight TV, the Fight TV app, where you can, I believe it's five bucks per month, Telvin, you can correct me if I'm wrong, and you could watch AEW shows uh, on, on the app, as well as like some other matches and, and things like that, if you don't get cable or and cut the cord, which I don't think is really that bad of a deal. Lil Fettuccini 69 uh, I don't know if he snitched on uh, Takashi as well. Seth looking real soft tonight. I'm assuming he means soft in personality because his physique was, was uh, on point. Nathan Garcia, what up, man? He says, hi. King Glass Review, it was fun before the DQ. Had he not put the belt on The Fiend, dumb decision. The fans were pissed. They started chanting restart the match. Then AEW, way to push your core fan base away. Agreed because your core fan base is pretty much all you have because I have a feeling, even with the strong uh, SmackDown rating on Friday, that it's only going to go down because based on the trend over the years, outside of these gimmicks of 25th anniversary, Raw reunion, nostalgia, whatever, the ratings do tend to go down. JB says, Seth Rollins' booking is so much worse than peak Roman Reigns, it's not even funny. I agree. I totally agree. Okay, Telvin says it's $10 a month for him. All right, interesting. Hey, what, what, whatever, man. If you're not happy with WWE, cancel your damn subscription, and I'd encourage you guys to invest money into whatever promotion you want to support. Why not? If you feel like WWE's not giving you a good product, go somewhere else. Why not? Why not? You know, this is the time to vote with your dollars and your attention span. That's for sure. Let's go to some comments on Facebook here. Scott Anderson says, Crown Jewel is going to be taking place 1 p.m. on Halloween Thursday afternoon. Ernie Acosta says, the main event was hot garbage. Wyatt needs to win. It's his time. Scott says, get rid of gimmick pay-per-views. I totally freaking agree. Completely, 100% agree with that. And also, too, stop calling the, the pay-per-views Hell in a Cell or Elimination Chamber. How about you book these stipulations when they're actually warranted as opposed to, hey, I'm just going to book it because we happen to have a Hell in a Cell match. <sighs> and some other, we get some other news first uh, as, as the questions are coming along, folks, because there's a lot going on. AW Dark is coming to YouTube. It's going to be hosted by Tony Giovanni. It's going to be debuting on uh, Thursday on, on the promotion's YouTube channel. It's going to be matches that you don't see on Dynamite. So this week it's going to be Shima against Darby Allen, Britt Baker and Alley versus B. Priestley and Penelope Ford, SCU versus Jurassic Express, along with the Lucha Bros and Helico and Jack Evans versus Private Party and the Best Friends. 
Those matches were actually taped after uh, AEW Dynamite. I'm assuming that's going to be the trend going forward. They're just going to do it, and, and they're going to be on like a one-week delay. But pretty cool. You know, you don't, you don't want to overload fans with content, but clearly there's a need for some AEW content, and I like it. And I love Tony Schiavone. Been a huge fan of his since the WCW days, so uh, happy to see him doing his thing. Joker Dan says, Mankind falls off the Hell in a Cell, and that's fine, but Slam ha- Sledgehammer uses a DQ. What the F? Yeah. Undertaker power bombs Edge straight to hell. Um, I mean, what 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 else? I mean, there's been so many wacky Hell in a Cell stuff. Mick Foley falls through the cage at, uh, at No Way Out 2000. Um, uh, there, there's so many other stuff. Triple H and Jericho brawl on top of the cell. Uh, I think I think Batista power bomb Triple H on steps. I mean, there's been, there's been so many crazy moments inside Hell in a Cell. Uh, I, I think Triple H even broke a sledgehammer on. Vince McMahon once, right? Or was it... Yeah, I think you broke it on Vince McMahon. And that wasn't a DQ. Times have changed. Can't we go back to pay-per-view names like Judgment Day, No Way Out, etc.? No, I... Bro, totally agree. Totally agree with you. Um, SmackDown average... Uh, the, the, in Fast Nationals, by the way, SmackDown averaged uh, 3.87 million viewers. And at a 1.35, according to The Observer... And the key demo, which is the 18 to 49 year old group, and the goal is to average a 1.0 in that demo, and 1.35, as Dave Meltzer mentions here, is far from a given to be as far as being consistent, which I, I agree with. And he's been tracking the ratings for years. A lot of other people have as well. And and if you look at the trends, man, I mean, they start off hot with a debut show, whether it be season premiere of Raw, again, a nostalgia show, anniversary show the debut episode of ECW back in the day, and then slowly but surely it erodes. And in the case of a lot of the C shows like ECW, like the original NXT, fall off a damn cliff. And as good as the wrestling in town is on NXT, I see that being the the lowest priority right now. And man, it's crazy because I talked to my friend Vic Sosa who does a podcast with the legend Les Thatcher who actually trains at the... Uh, Power Factory in Atlanta, Georgia. Trained Dean Ambrose, trained Shark Boy, D'Lo Brown, a bunch of other guys. He's been on the show a number of times, and uh, he mentioned that, hey, wow, you know, AEW looks like the more professional show, even though Dadeby is a bigger league. And I know Jim Cornette and a lot of other guys have mentioned that AEW just seems to look aesthetically better. And it's one thing if they were airing on different nights at different times, but when they air head to head, and when USA Network and TNT are so close to the dial, whether you're on YouTube TV or Fios or Spectrum, whatever the hell your cable provider is, uh, the, the, it's going to be noticeable. And I'd imagine it's going to be noticeable for Vince McMahon. So at some point, I do see NXT moving to a bigger arena. That being said, will it change anything? I don't think so because fans have already had their fill of WWE lately. And they were, no matter the fact that they have maybe the most talented roster they've ever had from top to bottom from an in-ring standpoint, the reality is most of these guys and girls haven't been booked well. They have the perception of being uncool. They're not particularly protected. And on top of that, there's only so many hours in the day. Three-hour Raw, two-hour SmackDown on Friday, two hours of NXT. If you're a hardcore fan, chances are you may watch main event on Hulu. Maybe you watch 205 Live, which, oh, by the way, they randomly canceled with no warning. So even if you're one of the few people to watch 205 Live, as the hardest of the hardcore, you're probably subscribed to the network. And for them to just cancel 205 Live... That's going to be a, a pain in the ass for you, right? And a slap in the face to you. On top of that, and I didn't realize this on Friday because there's just been so much going on with wrestling, but 
Where was Sting? Where was Steve Austin? Where was The Undertaker? Why didn't Goldberg and Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair at least have some in-ring segments? Despite all being advertised. And then on top of that, you get this Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Pay-per-views are usually three to four hours. You're asking people to invest all this time for what payoff? An eight-second WWE title match. A Hell in a Cell match that ends in a DQ. Again, there are some good to great matches in between. And the talent is there. But it's all about the perception. And you know what? Whether AEW crashes and burns in the long run, that doesn't change the fact that WWE right now is perceived as uncool. And when the celebrity involvement wears off, when the nostalgia effect wears off, when the newness of being on Fox wears off, when the integration and the benefits of, of, of WWE being promoted all over Fox sports properties wears off, at the end of the day, it's still a crap, a logical product unless they make some serious changes. Again, there's good to great matches. When Vince McMahon has a gun to his head, proverbially, and he needs to get it right, he usually does. But, man, I don't know. It's it's rough. They're they're fine. They're fine financially. But I wouldn't be surprised if in the next few years, uh, this Fox deal isn't as monumental for them from a perception standpoint as they thought it would be. I mean, even UFC. UFC towards the end, while they have a great deal with ESPN now because ESPN wants more content, they even freaking went down uh, with Fox. I mean, they were doing some really low ratings on Fox, and shockingly, they got a big deal with ESPN. But, uh, you know, if you're WWE, if you're UFC, and, and you know you got cable companies that are desperate to hold on to viewers, desperate to have live original content, and UFC and WWE could put that out there on a consistent basis, for better or worse, I guess you're going to fail upwards in the end, so... Did he be main event is still going? Yep. I won't be surprised if SmackDown goes to FS1. That was that was what people speculated if SmackDown falls off a cliff. I think that's a little premature right now, but let's give it time. Uh, okay, Alpha Chauncey Bullock. What a party without the good brother. Yeah. The red lighting reminded me of what they used to do with Sin Cara. Yep. Yeah, we all know what happened there. The red lighting hurt my eyes. Yep. Uh, was I the only one that had the red eyes being that that had the red screen hurting my eyes? No. My man Julian Cannon uh, tweeted out that it looked like Virtual Boy Vision. If you don't remember Virtual Boy, or you weren't born yet to, to play Virtual Boy, back in the, the mid-90s, my dad used to work at KB Toys years ago. Got us great discounts, thank God. Got, my, got me into my love for video games. There was a, a Virtual Boy. What, I don't even know how to describe it. Imagine like an Oculus, but bigger, that was red and black with legs, and it stands up, and you put it in your eyes, you're watching... And you would play Mario, and you would have a controller, and, and uh, you know you would play like, these different games like Mario Tennis. It only lasted about a year. It was an epic fail, and I'm pretty sure it permanently damaged my eyesight. So thank you, Nintendo. I still have it, though. Joshua Munn says, what are these people smoking? Uh, I don't know. Some, some good stuff that I, I would like, I guess. All right. Uh, as far as any other notes right here, SmackDown did a 2.4 rating. And did about uh, 3.8 million viewers, almost 3.9 million viewers for uh, the average minute. And uh, from there, uh, according to Dave Meltzer, uh, the women's match lost 360,000 viewers. The Nakamura-Rollins match with the Fiend angle lost 133,000 viewers. The Shane McMahon-Kevin Owens ladder match gained 235,000 viewers. Eight-man tag at Tyson Fury lost 222,000. 
Roman Reigns and Rowan lost 3,000 viewers. And uh, Brock Lesnar and Kofi and Cain Velasquez stuff gained 105,000 viewers. So not bad, uh, but yeah, I think they definitely... Uh, you can watch, By the way, if you want to see my whole SmackDown review, I'm not going to go over it here. Uh, but I did overall think SmackDown was a good show, but a little too much of Deadly B wackiness, especially for somebody that was watching for the first time. Um, as far as other news, uh, I mentioned the Crown Jewel stuff here. Tyson Fury is set to appear on Monday Night Raw with an open microphone. So uh, keep that in mind. Edge is rumored to be making a return. I don't know if it'll be as soon as Crown Jewel. If you're going to be doing Tyson Fury at Crown Jewel and Kane Velasquez Crown Jewel, and there is a chance Edge will return, I would have him return either at the Royal Rumble or, or WrestleMania. That's, that's what I would do. Uh, I, I, th- I did see something about CM Punk possibly confirming his involvement with the upcoming WWE backstage show. I don't know if that's for sure, uh, but that, I know that is a, a strong rumor. And uh, let me see here. Yeah, okay. I haven't seen anything for sure about CM Punk uh, coming back to WWE in terms of officially. But again, there are rumors that he may join the cast of WWE Backstage, which is going to be kind of like a UFC Tonight show or kind of like what they do with the Premier Boxing Champions show where they kind of like recap everything going on in WWE. A little weird to have him come back there and not as a surprise, but hey, man, get that money. The less bumps he can take while getting paid. Uh, the better for him. He's earned it. And let's go to Facebook before we head on out of here. Scott says, Vince will have NXT touring come January. Even if SmackDown off, falls off the cliff, it'll still be a top show with even 2 million viewers. I agree. Although I'm going to be curious to see what happens if uh, it epically fails in the demo, in the 18 to 49 year old demo, because AWB NXT in the ratings, it crushed them 1.4 million viewers. He, and the funny thing is, AEW beat WWE Proch in every major category except viewers over 50, which I guess is both good and bad. Great that you're skewing younger, but bad that WWE is winning in one category. And while you don't want viewers my dad too many viewers my dad's age, or you don't want your top viewership being my dad's age, nothing against people my dad's age. I love I love y'all. Um, the reality is those people do spend money too, and a lot of those people are are maybe won't pay money for the network. But they may pay money to go to a live event. They, they you know, they may not buy, you know, stream a lot of stuff. Maybe some do, uh, but they may buy a traditional pay per view. You know, maybe they'll they'll, buy, they'll uh, you know, buy some merchandise. So, at least WWE, as bad as it looks, that they're catering to a, a much older audience. At least it's an audience that, in theory, spends money in some capacity. <sighs> David Sherman says you could use a stick at a table, but can <laughs> but a sledgehammer goes too far. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, overall, again, uh, overall, again, uh, Hell in a Cell, massive thumbs down, which is a shame because there were a lot of great efforts tonight. I'm going to go on out of here, folks. I want to hear from you, though. What did you think about Hell in a Cell? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Was it somewhere in the middle? Let me know. Leave a comment below. If you're watching this after the fact, on demand on YouTube, on Facebook, on the podcast feed, you can stream it on Spotify, Google Play, anywhere podcasts are found. I thank you so much. Quick programming notes, if, if you're new here or if you're somebody that's enjoying our content, a few quick programming notes. I'll be having Comic-Con videos from this past weekend all throughout the week. If you're a baseball fan, we'll be having coverage of all the MLB playoffs and press, post-game press conferences. We'll be having coverage of, of course, the NFL season, as we've been having all throughout the year. And 
Uh, if you're a boxing fan, I recently did a couple interviews with two major boxing legends. So you better believe we got a lot going on. And if you're a video game guy or girl, well, we got DW2K later this month. I'm, do I'm working on my NHL 20 review. I'm working on my FIFA review. A lot is coming. So I would recommend and appreciate y'all subscribing. Enabling notifications on YouTube and Facebook. Subscribe to their podcast feed because your boy Fred has got you covered. Until next time, everybody, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, enjoy the matches. And daddy be creative. Y'all can kiss my ass.